So, uh, hello, and welcome back to another installment of Kent Talks. Uh, my name is Yulin, and I'm here today with Stephen Harwood, uh, a name that many of you rec might recognize from articles about uh, breath control. Stephen is a longtime uh, martial arts practitioner. He's done kendo, nitenichiru, uh, yaido, aikido, karate. You did your master's uh, thesis in Japanese on, uh, on, on breath control. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julian. So, you know, actually, we, we reposted the article recently um, on, on our Patreon, and uh, I'll, I'll post the link in the video description below. Uh, but it actually got a lot of people interested, and they really wanted to hear more about uh, breath control in, uh, uh, in, in Kendo. So, I mean, maybe we'll start with, with, with a simple one. What is breath control? Why, and why, why is it important? That's not simple at all. I, yeah, I actually wrote a thesis on this, so if it was that simple... <laughs> It would have been a very short thesis. Um, well, well, let's well let's look at what is breath control in kendo. And, and essentially, you're talking about abdominal breathing. You know, the, and um, so, is that the same the thing as tandem breathing? Exactly, tandem breathing. Yes, exactly. It's, well, tandem breathing is a, is a better term for it because it's more precise as to what as to what we do in kendo. But I'll, let's put a pin in that and come back to the. the maybe talk about the technical side because it is very technical actually the, the physiology of breathing in Kendall. not many uh, people talk about this it's not taught but there are you know there are some um sort of accounts or treatises on the touch on breathing in Kendall that i that i used as um sort of re reference uh, references when i was a researcher for my for my thesis so essentially what is kind of breathing it's tandem or a form of abdominal breathing why should we study? Why do we study it? Why is it important? Well, it really depends on what you want to go in kendo. It's important on all levels, actually. It's important for sort of physical reasons, but it's also important very much for, um, you know, if you're practicing kendo as ascetic training in, in a way to, to change development as a person, then really that's, a, I mean, that's the ultimate aim of kendo, stated in, 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 in the kendo arena, that it's, you know, it's, a path of making a, a person, a human being. Now, it depends where, how you interpret that, but some people interpret that as, you know, path of as door, as tau, uh, a path of aesthetic training. So they should change you as a person. Well, eventually, being involved in a training regime that emphasizes a certain form of breathing can change you um, in certain ways. So uh, we can go into that later, but in a nutshell, it depends on the level you're pitching both your kendo and the level at which you're um, engaged in breath controls. So, I mean, so, so then maybe, well, let me just start with the basics. What are, what are some of the basics of, of breath control in, in kendo and how do I improve it? Okay, really, really when, when you talk about breath control in kendo, you, you, it's really indistinguishable from posture. So if, if somebody's being taught kendo in a, in a traditional way, they're often not taught about breath, but they're very much taught about their posture and how their upper body should be relaxed and their lower body should have a strength in it. And everybody, I think most people, hopefully, <laughs> who are doing kendo will recognize that. that, yeah, that, that, they, that. You know, As if you're suspended from a string above your head, kind of. Yes, I mean, the posture should be straight, but also centered... Um, on the lower half of your body, not the upper half. And there's, there's all, you know, I mean, I'm by training, I'm a, I'm a social anthropologist, my first degree was in, in Japanese, I'm a Japanologist. But, and I was looking at really, and also I like being Kendo, so I was looking at a sort of a, a, 
how what can we learn about Japanese culture uh, via kendo from, from looking at what kendo is about? And um, if you look at so so comparatively, if you compare it with the West uh, and compare it with um, how Western civilization sort of looks at posture and looks at you know uh, body shape. Sorry, I'm translating in my head now <laughs> in Japanese. Um, then you know you've got a the, 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 the Greek sort of view of the ideal physique for a man is, is, is triangular, upside down triangle, inverted triangle, broad shoulders. The really broad shoulders and yeah, narrow waist. Yeah. But that's not universal. And in the East, it, it never has been. It's been the opposite, a triangle like this, where, you know, where, you know the, the way Buddha sits and the way that, you know, the... The, the middle-aged dad bod physique? Yeah, she's great. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but more of a, of a sort of a, a centering lower down, a grounding lower down. Um, so that's reflected in Kendall, that posture. I mean, Kendall is not just about hitting people with sticks. It's, it's more than that. And so, the, and it's common with all Japanese martial arts. I mean, not all Japanese traditional um, aesthetic training, you know, is this, is this concentration on lower body, on not being up too high, and it unbalanced, literally unbalanced. I mean, Kendall, if you walk around like this in Kendall, you're going to get hit. When you do kibikaish, you don't go up and down, up and down, you're supposed to stay low, level. All the strength is in your hips. All the cut comes from your hips, from your tandem. Not from your arms, not from your shoulders. So this stressing of lower body is really important. Very fundamental in Kendo, at very basic technique level, but it also goes through to the positive of Kendo. But how is that related to... to, to breathing or breath control then, right? Isn't it all about leg? Okay. Well, the only, it's, it's a bit like key, you know, and in some ways key, you say lei key, yeah? so the idea of key or qi in Chinese is, is, is often interchangeable with the idea of breath and, 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 um, and, and some authors say something, but it's basically the same thing. But let, let's still keep on a physiological level. When you, when you, the way you breathe, if you do, okay, if you look at meditation, for example, Zazen, so. you relax by breathing. You, you, you concentrate on your breathing. You put all your sort of breath into your hand and into the lower part of your body and you feel the sort of the tension fall away from you. That's what, the, on the physiological side, that's what meditation is about. And it's the same for Kendo. If you're breathing properly, if you're like concentrating on your, lo your lower body, putting breath into your hand and consciously trying, in the same way, consciously trying to lose tension from your shoulders and your back, you'll be able to move more easily, but you'll get less tired. You won't be putting effort in where you shouldn't be putting effort in. There's no need to put effort. You'll become, your movements become more fluid and your strikes become quicker and more effective. So posture, concentrating on your, on your tandem, on your lower, um, on, on your kahanshin, your lower, the lower part of your, of your body, is fundamental. That's why that's taught. That's why that's taught. It's fundamental to getting your breath right. And they, they're, they're, just, they're just two sides of the same coin. Does meditation help kendo then? Would, would, would meditating help your kendo? Uh, I think meditation probably helps everything, doesn't it? Actually, mindfulness. <laughs> that's what they say, right? Uh, <laughs> well, my, you know, you know heijoshin is, is um, you know, something which is that, yes, mindfulness that um, is aimed for in, but, but, in kendo. It said, um, but I don't think 
Yeah, I think you would. It doesn't look like a horny, but I don't think you need to do meditation to become good at Kendall. I'm not saying, suggesting that. I'm saying that it might give you more insight, you know, might be able to better understand the role of breath control and um, how these things are all into, you know, the posture. You know, there's three elements in Zen, and it's mind, body, breath. Those things, posture, breath, mind. Those three things. And if you, whatever you do to become, to become aware of that will, will, you'll be, will make you more successful in any martial arts. If I wanted to work on my breath control, are there any exercises or anything I should be practicing or thinking about while I'm doing my kendo or, or at home? Or I, I don't think there are any exercises. And I wouldn't want to, because I don't want to strain to other martial arts or strain to like Nike for example, which is very much about breath. And Aikido, for example, you know, there, there, there are throws in Aikido which are called breath throws, you know, Koku Nage, for example. Yeah. But I don't, want to, I don't want to go there particularly because this is the Kendo world and it's about Kendo. But, the, but you are, without knowing, if you're practicing Kendo, you are, in fact, if you're practicing properly, reinforcing correct breath control, you should be. If your posture is correct, and you, for instance, in Kendo, we ki when we, when we, we, um, we strike. Yeah, Kotenendo. And in different um, classical swordsmanship schools, they have different ways of ki or hase, of, of, of hase, uh, pronouncing. Oh, yeah, well, expulsion of, uh, well, of your, of your voice. Yeah, yeah. Hase, yeah. vocalization, is how I translate it. So hase, and in my, I think I did an article in Kendall World on that, and certainly did a part of my thesis was on hase and the importance of vocalization in Kendall, yeah? And now, at a, at a basic level, or even intermediate level, I guess, in, in, everybody says kote or men or do, um, ski. Because if they don't, you don't score the point. Yeah, so you get to score a point, to be a valid point, you have to have this part of it, which is fine as far as it goes. But actually, what what the Hase is designed to do, what the vocalization is designed to do is, is at the moment, everything's supposed to be relaxed, okay? Everything, when you strike, everything's relaxed, everything's relaxed, and then everything comes together at the last minute. And in Kendo, we call that Kikentaichi, and you get the perfect battle because of the perfect strike, yeah? Kikentaichi, bang, it locks together. Same in Kara, exactly the same. Everything's relaxed, 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 but it's like for a second, it's tense. For a second, because if you stay tense, you stay tense, then that's not Zanshin. You've lost everything. You just you can't move. You can't. You know, physically, you physically can't move properly. So um, the Hase is designed to do that. The Hase is designed at the, at the moment of impact to bring all of your breath, all of your strength, by using your breath, bring your strength and all your focus into your tanda. One moment and it's bang. And so, it, it, so a different ryuha of 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 Kodu, of classical swordsmanship have different ideas on that, have different, of different sort of ways of what, what the best has to achieve the best sort of, of this kine, it's called kine, this focus again. Um, so he's very weird ones out there. Like, uh, yeah. I, I remember I was talking about that one of the, he does, Jiki uh, Shinkage Ryu, that has yeah. that very unique uh, sort of, I don't know how to describe it, breathe, even just on the focus on the breathing in part. Yeah, uh, uh. I think I'm not practicing that Leohold. I have done some research on it when I was looking at um, I was researching my thesis, but my thesis was concerned only with modern Kendo. So I didn't actually touch much on um, on Koryu. But Kikshin Kagiyu is very, very 
famous for emphasizing breath control. I think they could talk of beginning and end, um, and certainly um, a lot of the very scant um, written matter concerning breath control in Kendall is, 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 is penned by, by members of that view. I mean, there is, they, they do have exercises for, but for, you know, they don't do Shiite, do they? For, you know, <laughs> I think they yeah. make it Shiite, Shiite Kendall too, but they do, um, they're exercising with a huge, like, Bokken, Bokutor, but that is all about breath. Everything is about breath. Everything is about your thunder and, and breathing in, in the right way and vocalizing the right way. But again, this is the Kendall world. Well, I mean, we, 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 we can really talk about anything, right, as long as it's vaguely related. I think a lot of people who, uh, uh, who do Kendo are also interested in, in, in classical martial arts uh, yeah. as well. I'm certainly looking for uh, insights that maybe they could take from these classical martial yeah. arts into, uh, into, the, into the Kendo Dojo, right? And that's why people still yeah. do things like read uh, the, the, the Gordian No Show. Uh, it's quite uh, interesting, and, and breath control is also not really, it's not just about focusing on yourself, right? There's a lot of, uh, also about like matching breath with your opponent. Yeah, certainly, again, and uh, I, 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 mean, I struggle to, to, to really talk about these things in isolation because they function at many different levels, but certainly, say, let's start at a lower level, start at like a Shiai level, yeah? Um, or, or even lower than that, let's talk about Tata. And you're actually you're matching your breath with that of your opponent uh, or your partner, right? And you're it's unless you're both in tune with each other. And again, they call this it's referred to as almokoku as well. When, when you're actually matching your your koku, your um, breathing, um, then that's very important in terms of giving the same rhythm. And rhythm and breath is really important too. So. This brings me to the next point in terms of Shi'i rhythm and breath. The natural people breathe in a certain way and they attack in a certain way and they attack with a certain breathing rhythm. And if you can read that rhythm, you can you can see when that person's going to attack. Now it's obvious if your opponent is very very as a beginner, not very good, because you'll go and you're hitting, you know, so you'll see that coming a mile off. But just because you get skills doesn't mean that's not there. It's just very small. And again, we call this kiyokuri, which is like sort of um, ascending of ki. And this is where, you know, the ki and breath is interchangeable. You can read somebody's intention to strike by reading their breath. And I don't mean consciously reading their breath. This is very high level now, this level. You have to be able to just sense it. And, and, and you can, you'll sense something that seems imperceptible, you'll perceive it imperceptibly and, and read when a person is about to strike because you can't strike while you're breathing in. You can't. Really only strike, you can, not, not with any force, you have to be breathing out. So it's just, when it changes and you see that, feel it, and you can do a kaisu or dewaza. Um, so... Yeah, so I forgot what your question was, but I think that's answered it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what made you pick breath control as a as a thesis anyway? I mean, it's it's also, it's a somewhat esoteric topic. Yeah, well, I guess it was like I said before. I'm a, by training a sort of a social anthropologist, and I was looking at sort of ways of 
of, of examining, you know, the difference between sort of Western culture and sort of Asian culture, uh, specifically Japanese culture, within, in the context of a topic with which I was familiar and enjoyed. Uh, I, I, I did, the very first martial art I got into when I was still in the UK was uh, Aikido. Uh, and they stress breath control a lot. Um, and, and obviously Aikido is, I mean, it's very, it's very abstractedness, very abstract martial art. I think anybody would admit that. Um, but it, it is based still on, you know, the, the same roots really as, as Kendall. Um, and so I always think that I was enjoying Kendall and thinking, well, why is nobody teaching me about breath? You know, I understand, I, I think I understand some lessons from, from, from Kendall, but um, no one really talks about it so much. So when I decided to go back to, to university and, and do my master's degree at the International Martial Arts University, IBU, I was asking, well, what, what do you want to write about? What, what do you, want? you have to choose your pieces from the beginning, not actually before you know, your job you start. And I said, well, maybe that. And everyone said, that's very difficult. Not much written about that. Very, you know, <laughs> challenging, <laughs> challenging accepted. But it just, as, a, as an aside though, let's just, I mean, I, I've done some, um, so I, I, like you, you mean, I've done some um, classical martial arts, some classical sword styles. And I've done some tamishi which is the sort of cutting of like the bamboo things with a shinken, live sport. And I found the application of breath control in that absolutely massively helpful. And I, the first time I did it, did it was saying, well, you, you know, so, oh, you, you're really good at this. And that was purely because I was breathing, was really, because I was studying breathing at the time, really concentrating very much on my, on my breath control and making sure that I was breathing out and pushing, pushing my, my strength into my, into my abdomen, into my tandem as I cut. And even in Mitoriyu, I was cutting one-handed, making sure I was doing that. And um, it worked very well. And, and it was perceived to work very well by the people watching and who were more experienced than me. So I really think it... Time security is a lot harder than it looks, right? They, they make it look so easy. That I remember my first time doing it. You know, I, I've been doing EI for like about a year and a half, two years by then. And I thought I was pretty decent at, uh, by that point. But, you know, kind of put the thing in front of me, bam, tensed up, stopped breathing, got halfway through and got stuck. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, that is never going to cut anything. You know, you might give someone a headache, but, you know, that's not going to cut you. <laughs> it's not there. Uh, uh, they talk about the, the the wrists or the arms or keeping your back loose, but really, I guess, mm. as you say, it is it is breathing is the way to do all that. Yeah, to achieve that state is is, is by breathing through your abdomen. That's how you achieve that state, that, that physical state that they're talking about. If you want to differentiate between them, classically Japanese Chinese culture doesn't differentiate between posture and breathing as, as we do, or between your mind, uh, you know, your mental breathing. state, and your and intention as well, right? Because key is often used as 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 a as a substitute for intention, will, yeah, uh, as well. Well, I think that's a really interesting part, and that was really an interesting part of my my thesis. I thought the part that I was interested in was um, examining the psychological change that happens when you breathe in a certain way, and this is well documented. It's documented even outside of of, of uh, Eastern civilization, Eastern culture. But um, certainly well-documented and also well-documented scientifically that your brain changes if you engage in certain uh, forms of breathing. Yeah, and, but you, know, you tend to relax more. 
you tend to be less tense, which is again that physical tense. Think of all these words which you can use for physical and mental, like tense, tension. You're tense in your mind, you're tense in your body. So if you breathe through your abdomen, you become looser, not just in your body, in your shoulder, but in your head, you become less tense. You become more calm, more able to react to what's around you. Um, and I think it, if you just look at some of the sort of, um, even in English language, some of the, the phrases which are relevant to this, you say like if you, in terms of up and down and higher, being, being tense and being sort of, you know, being um, wound up, for example, or you calm down, or your temper rises. All these all these phrases, just in English, which is probably points to a universality of this of this concept. It's, it's, you know, that you think up is up is weak, up is you know, down is is good. Aroused in the in the in the more biological sense, right? The, the yeah, ten, your yeah. tension, your your yeah, adrenaline weak, and you're weak. It's you get tired. You, you you you're putting like you can't cut through the the, the straw thing with the family properly because you're you're, too, you're using strength where you don't need it. You're moving crack. You know you. I remember when when I first started doing Aikido and we used to do a lot of weapons in the Aikido. It's like unusual. And my my teacher used to say, pick up a a, a, a jaw jaw yeah, a, a staff. And he says, what is it with you guys? I see you throwing each other around. It's beautiful circular. You're loose. You're relaxed. And then you pick up a stick. And you become a stick. You, you, you get all tense. And it's true, and I did. And so to me, I'm not a natural Ken Walker. It was, it's always a struggle for me because I do become a stick. And that was where, what, what I like about it. It's a challenge to, to pick up this, this, this tool, which is rigid-ish, and, uh, and not become rigid-ish myself. If, uh, you know, so you, you said there was not much written in Japanese about the topic. Is there much, if, if someone wanted to read more, or research more on breath control themselves, are there, are there any materials in English? Uh, no, books really. or? It's my, my article is probably, a, to be, you know, modesty, the only thing I think written in English language about uh, uh, breath control in Kendall. There's not much even, you could read it, especially there might be things in Aikido, things written in, in Aikido maybe about... about well, not specifically Kendo, but breath. I mean, I think in, I think I've seen in some uh, sort of the sports science literature that they talk about uh, diaphragmatic breathing or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Is there yeah, a difference? Well, I, well, I, because my, my, my focus is on, on Japanese Kendall and Japanese culture, all of my sources were, were mostly Japanese language um, and, and some quite obscure texts. And if, if people look at my articles in kind of the world, they'll see how they're footnoted, for example. So if they read Japanese, they'll be able to see that the sources I've used. Although I may have translated the sources, that might be more difficult. <laughs> I'm happy to use the Japanese sources if they want them. Um, but in English language, that is not very much, which makes me feel very guilty that I've not actually finished doing those those articles. So perhaps I'll finish them off. I've done most. Um, we're we're ready to publish them anytime. Anytime you yeah. <laughs> anytime you finish. Okay. Um, I there are you know I did look at start to look at sort of what what was out there because this you know this universality that I mentioned earlier with the sort of the phrases in English that indicate that this might be a sort of universal principle uh, are interesting. And, and so, you, you know, look at, uh, there's a book called In the Zone, for example, which talks about 
uh, altered states of mind in uh, in sports at top level. And this is really where, towards the end of my thesis, where I'm taking the thesis is, is that if, if breath control and if, if, if you know posture and breath control can change, can make you calmer and make you more aware in some ways, more able to react to things around you. Zanshin has got you know, a mental and physical element. Then we've already accepted that breath and the, you know, the, 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 we don't agree with this sort of, I think therefore I am, sort of Descartes' thesis of man. We, we, we're already tacitly accepting of a more Eastern sort of more holistic approach, where you know, the, the mind and body is one. And you know, two sides of the same coin. Um, so, because we're altering our mental state already, like being more alert and being able to, to be relaxed. But I would argue that actually the aim of any form of aesthetic training is to carry forward the, this calmness, this complete, this ability to react around the world, not to cut yourself off from the world, not to, not to use, not to have your ego interfere in things that don't need your ego, your consciousness. The things, the best tender anyone will ever do will be unconscious, not unconscious. But, you know, you know <laughs> some people, I do, I do great well, tender. The, the concept of, of flow, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, some of the kendo, the best kendo I've ever done, it wasn't very good, believe me, the best kendo I've ever done, is, you know, I thought, well, how did, how did I do that? I, you know, how did I, I do that? And somebody's, somebody's, you know, moved or something, and I've, I've, read, I've seen the Miyokuri, and I, bah! without thinking about it, and the person has gone, well, that's really good, you know, the person's higher than me, you know, really good, or, or you know, I've done something which I, I, I struggle to do just in practice, let alone in the middle of a of a, a vehicle, and it's not conscious, it's unconscious. Now, as soon as you do that, you think, oh, that was great, and you've lost it because your mind's living in it. You're doing a, a you know a self-assessment, but the idea is to carry that forward all the time in, in your in your um, in your training, so that when you're practicing kendo, you're, you're nearly always in that state of mind. You're always unruffled. You're always at one with things around you. There's no sort of oh I'm here and I'm going to move my arm now and I'm going to try this technique and this person will come in and I'll hit that. No, you're just it's there and it's all intuitive and it's all natural and there's no ego in that. Now that is a different state of mind than we all live in every day. But that, lots, lots of people say that is the natural state of mind. Our ego gets in the way too much when we walk around all like full of ego and full of like, we're putting the brake on all the time. We're getting a bit into Zen teaching here, I suppose. And you know, you don't have to be a Zen monk to do Kendall, sure. But the idea is if you can carry that forward in your training all the time to, through breath and being totally relaxed and being in your posture and being, you know, in this fluid state, your kendo will be much better. Your kendo, you will let you get less tired. You'll be able to do techniques much more easily. You'll be able to react properly, and you'll you enjoy your kendo much more. So, you know that that's the ultimate aim. I think oh, it's not really the ultimate aim that being carried up forward into your everyday life. But uh, hey, I'm not there yet. Any last advice for uh, for for kendoka on uh, on breath control? Yeah, don't stress it, basically. Don't start thinking about breath control while you're training, because then you'll be able to oh, oh, breath control. Don't think about anything when you're training. Just do the techniques. Do the techniques physically. But, but stress, really do. Work on your posture. Work on your 
on, on breathing into your, into, your, into your abdomen. Let me just talk one little bit thing about, about abdominal breathing in Kendo. That's what I said earlier, that I give different sorts. And this, the one that I've come across really, the, the, the best sort of description of, of, of breath control in Kendo, the, phys the, the physicality, the physiology, was um, reverse abdominal breathing. Uh, which is counterintuitively, your, your abdomen expands as you breathe out. Right? So you think when you're, uh, this, you can practice this in kata really easily. Yeah? So that's, that's, a, that's a good piece of advice to people who want to practice their, their breath control. Is in kata, when you're, when you're going forward, you should be breathing out because you're attacking your seme, should be, should, be, should be exhaling as you seme, as you, as you attack seme, while the seme is in. And as you do that, then you should be pushing your abdomen forward, pushing your tandem forward, yeah? Stressing your, the, the bottom part of your body. You're, you're completely relaxed up here. But everything, as if, as if there's a string through your belly button and you're being pulled on it towards your opponent, Yeah. Breathing out very that feeling of sort of settling yeah. down, yeah. settling down yeah. and forwards. Yeah. yeah, and this is how I used to do kata, especially when I was training when I was at university watching the thesis. Right? Um, and so you breathe out the whole time, and then you stop, then you, you don't breathe in, and then you bang, do the strike. Well, you know, it's kata, do the strike, but breathe out, and you don't breathe in until the zanshin part. It's tough. It's really hard. You get it. You get out of breath. You'll never done such kata. You never know, think, "Oh, kata is kind of like easy." Thank God that those jigekos over now. We're doing kata. I can have a rest. No, you practice kata like this. It's quite tiring, and it will increase your both your, your the quality of your your breath control, and so for the and also the, when you're in, when you're actually doing jigeko in, in armor, yeah? uh, and it will just mean the, make the kata much more meaningful. A lot of people, I think, don't do kata, don't really see the, 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 the correlation between the kata and the, uh, and the, the uh, chinai kendo, but there is a correlation. I mean, especially if you use breath control, I think that's it. I think I wrote an article on kendo and breath control in, for, for, for the magazine as well. Everyone read that. <laughs> and it, it, what you're describing is also very different than simply holding your breath or, or, or what maybe people traditionally think of as one breath kind of, kind of things. You're not... Yeah. You're not holding it, right? You're you're letting it out almost continuously throughout uh, throughout this entire thing. Zanji is not, and you do your ki, exactly. and then you hold your breath. You are still the the only moment your breath stops, really, is when you at the end of the hasen on the because it's kine. Everything stops. Then. Everything locks together for a split second, and then you release that. You can turn breathing out, or and when you're in safe distance, you can breathe in because you, you haven't got zanshi when you're breathing in either. Yeah, in, <laughs> so in, in, in your, in your, you know, you, the, 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 the your is the breathing out, the in is the breathing in, and so you're in a uh, weak no, position. No. And no speeding up your steps either because <laughs> you're out of breath. <laughs> it's tempting. <laughs> it's, uh, actually, until we had this conversation, I'd forgotten that's how I used to train, absolutely. You know, because I used to think this is. What I'm doing now, when I'm doing kata, is breath, breath training. That's, that was the most important part to me, doing it. Tough. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Uh
really appreciate you uh, you taking the time to, to speak to us. Uh, and uh, people were, were really inspired by, uh, by your article. They would love to hear more if, uh, if and when you have the time to finish. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. <laughs>